I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Komodo stress tests its atomic swap index. IOHK partners with Nervos. And Band Protocol joining OpenAPI. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Today is officially the meat of the week. It's not the bookend Monday or Friday. It's Tuesday. You have no escape. December 15th, 2020. Is today the day that we see $20,000 Bitcoin? It's slowly, slowly creeping up. But I don't know if we're going to get it today. I think that if we get $20,000 Bitcoin, we're going to see it overnight while we sleep. And we will wake up tomorrow morning and go, whoa, it touched 20K, but then drop back down. And that's if it even happens before the end of the year. But speaking of prices, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I'm recording this at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,520.45, up 2.1% from yesterday. Ethereum, $591.59, up 1.9%. Litecoin, $82.23, up 2%. Chainlink, $1272, 1.35%. And XRP, slipping a little more, $0.48.1, cents, down 2.1%. Total market cap for all of crypto. $568 billion with a BTC dominance of 63.6%. We have a lot of news today and we have a lot of interviews. So I'm going to get straight into it today. Here is Suravez Sunarakun, the co-founder and CEO of Band Protocol, to talk about joining OpenAPI. Enjoy. Yo, thank you for having me again. Absolutely, absolutely. We had so much fun the, the first time, so we want to come back and do this again. So Band Protocol, joining OpenAPI. I want you to do me a couple of favors right, really quick for everyone. First, tell me what is OpenAPI. Then, please tell me why Band Protocol is joining it. Sure. Um, so I think most of us may not have heard about it, right? But OpenAPI is actually a nonprofit um, foundation, um, actually founded by the Linux Foundation. Again, also nonprofit. Um, and I think the, the main goal of this organization is essentially to create a standard Right, a standard API, which essentially describe how you know different companies um, essentially talk to each other. Right, how do companies essentially relate data um, between you know, different sectors, between different um, companies to each other, so that they have a common way to talk to each other. Right, um, and and previously that has been a challenge uh, because obviously a lot of the companies have their own way of doing the business. Right, uh, and because of that, they lack a standard common way to, to sort of talk to each other or leverage data toward each other, right? Um, now, how that, that how does that tie back to band protocol? Uh, it's actually really simple, right? At band, we essentially connect smart contract to a lot of the data outside of the blockchain. So that include financial data, um, like you know what Bloomberg has provided, that also included cryptocurrency data, also included all type of data that we can connect, right? Now, because if different company provide different API standard, then it's become a really difficult job for us to connect you know, individually and manually to each one of them. Um, by us joining them, 
we hope to define this common standard across every single industry. So whether that be enterprise data with Oracle and SAF, or whether that be you know financial data with Bloomberg, you know we can work with them across the same type of um, API so that you know we can scale it much faster. And so how does that help like the industry in general? Can you just put it into like a nutshell for if, if even if it's not banned, even if it's not you know um, any other Oracle that's working with say Bloomberg or what have you? How does that affect the industry? And how do we think that this open API is going to just you know make it easier for cryptocurrency to you know gain adoption or just to right. have real world implications? Mm -hmm. So I think there are two parts to that. Uh, one is once we have a standard API, anyone, including any Oracle, you know, solution, not just us, right, uh, including Chainlink or you know other Oracle solution, can connect to all these API or connect to any data sources um, really easily and seamlessly without having to manually talk to each one of them or customize to any one of them. So that will make it much faster to any smart contract gain access to this type of information, right? Uh, I think that's the first part. And the second part, I think, which is also equally important, it brings institutions, it brings you know, the traditional enterprises into the blockchain industry uh, so that they understand more about the use cases, understand more about the business opportunities of you know, selling the data, not just to you know, traditional third party, but to the smart contract itself. And I think that's you know, gonna open up a lot of the you know, opportunity in the future as well. Service Sinarakun, CEO and co-founder of Band Protocol. I wanna say thanks for coming on and explaining that to us and congratulations on joining Open API. Awesome, thank you so much. Next up, we have Caden Stedelman, the CTO of Komodo, talking about their atomic swap index, their stress test, basically, they're going to take a lot of information and put it through to make sure it doesn't break. Well, he's going to tell us all about that, how much information and see the results. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on today. Crypto is just going crazy. And you know what? Everybody's making huge games with, with their products. And you guys did an Atomic Dex stress test. First, tell me a little bit about what Komodo is first. Then tell me a little bit about what an Atomic Dex stress test is. And then please just go right into saying, what was the results of this? First of all, Komodo or Komodo platform, right? That's our project. We're like a blockchain technology provider. We develop and, and provide like a variety of different blockchain technologies and tools. Uh, one of these is Atomic Dex, right? The third generation non-custodial um, cross-chain atomic swap solution that we call Atomic Dex. And Atomic Dex been in a two-year public beta program. And we're kind of finalizing this beta program with this stress test. It's a second stress test. This basically was designed and, and arranged this event to sort of test out the limitations of Atomic DEX, of this DEX technology and the underlying core infrastructure, right? So um, what we did is we've basically been onboarding new users for the last couple of weeks and months. We've been running like pre-signups, pre-registrations. We also involved a handful of third-party communities, right, such as Veriscoin, uh, Qtum, Ravencoin communities, right, and a lot more. Um, they've basically been also like part of this stress test. And in this event, we try to get as many users to swap and basically execute as many trades as possible on this technology. And that's what this stress test was mainly about. And so did you guys kill it or not kill it? Well, we didn't manage to, to, to kill it in the sense to, to basically get it down, right? So the software kind of killed us, right? It's a killer software if you want to put it like that, but it, it, it's standard, right? It withstanded the entire load. Uh, I mean, we've seen, just like to give you a few numbers, we've seen like uh, on, on the peak trading time, on the peaks phases of this stress test event, we've seen uh, an average processor load, a CPU load of like 4% on an already very limited 
uh, infrastructure. It, it was literally like basically nothing, right? We've seen like over 200,000 unique swaps during this event. We've seen like mm. over two and a half thousand active users on the mobile applications, not including the desktop count, right? Mm-hmm. These are just like a few pre-evaluation we've run over the last couple of days, the last couple of days, and we're still analyzing and basically doing our aftermath and everything. And we expect to have like a more complete metrics and statistics by the end of this week. But for now, our conclusion is it's like great. We've, we just like received basically this technological validation uh, concerning the robustness and stability of the DEX core. So it was great and overall success for us. So really quick, just if I want, if I can summarize this, is you guys put the DEX through the ringer with this, the atomic swaps through the ringer and you just flooded it with all kinds of swaps, all kinds of like trading, just you know to figure out if it can perform when it comes to crunch time. When you guys say, this is it, we're going to turn it on. Can it handle everybody doing their business? Is that correct? Correct. Awesome. And you guys succeeded. So when you turn it on, what do you expect? What kind of volume do you expect going through the atomic decks? We've seen like on the Uniswap protocol, like a seven day count of, I believe it was like a million transactions, right? Wow. And if, if you want to compare it like now to our platform, we've hit like 200K unique transactions, right? These, these trades within like the two day count during these events. And that were just like a few hours during these events, right? So we could easily match the trading volumes and transaction metrics. Cadence yeah. Dadelman, CTO Komodo. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And finally, in our final interview today, we have Roman Pellerin, the CTO of IOHK, and Kevin Wong, researcher at Nervos. And they're going to tell us about the partnership between the two, why they make a partnership, what it's supposed to accomplish, and the future of this partnership. So we have a partnership with Nervos and IOHK, and I'm excited to talk about what's happening in the crypto space. Anytime there's new partnerships and collaboration, it's good news. First, I want to ask you, Kevin, what is Nervos? Uh, Nervos is a proof-of-work-based uh, general-purpose blockchain smart contract platform. Uh, we take the best from Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, UTXO model, and as well as fully Turing-complete um, scriptability. Roman, what is this par- partnership with IOHK and Nervos? I've had Charles on. I have um, other people from IOHK and Cardano on, and we're always talking about partnerships and how you guys are really reaching out and bridging out and connecting the crypto space. What is this partnership? So we are particularly looking at the UTXO model in this uh, partnership because Cardano, both Cardano and uh, Nervous actually leverage the UTXO model. We are both building a smart contract uh, language on top of it. And so there's a lot of uh, ground for collaboration here. And so what is that collaboration going to do for the crypto space and for both of your platforms? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, most of the smart contract platforms today out there are uh, account model based, uh, like Ethereum. Uh, There are not that many UTXO based. And so we want to work with Cardano to have uh, sort of joint research efforts and then want to highlight the, uh, the benefits of using UTXO model, but also have rich capabilities. So yeah, so we'll, hopefully this will come out and we'll be able to show both performance, capability, security, uh, scalability, and you know, many aspects of the Vantage UTXO model. Kevin, can you just expand on that a little bit? You know, a lot of people are coming into the crypto space now. I'm getting hyped because of the Bitcoin price, the crypto prices, we get, we get a little bit of moon. Just a little bit of moon. And uh, but can you please just uh, let me know more what is an account model based opposed to a UTXO based? Yeah. So when we talk about account model and UTXO model, it's basically the ledger structure. These are the two main ways that you um, 
you know, as we know, blockchain as a, a general ledger, decentralized ledger. And then uh, Bitcoin itself, the UTXO model, UTXO stands for unspent transaction output, which uh, you can think of as coins, right? I have, I have a, a coin of, let's say a dollar and I want to pay you 50 cents. And then, um, so I'll give you, you know, a dollar and then you give me like 50 cents um, back in change. So Bitcoin transactions are described as, you know, more of these uh, coin-like um uh, you know, it describes both the inputs and outputs in the transaction. Whereas Ethereum um, uses a count model uh, to implement something called smart contract. So you have a contract, a contract itself has a balance, and then you have internal states of the contract. So essentially, uh, for the you know folks that are not too much into technical details, there are just two different ways of structuring the decentralized ledger. Um, and then what we believe is UTXO model is underutilized. So most UTXO model today, blockchains today are just for payments like Bitcoin. I think what Cardano and Nervos, what we're trying to uh, tell the world is there are a lot more advantages of UTXO model. Uh, for example, parallel processing, security, scalability, and so on and so forth that haven't really been explored or tried in other blockchains. Uh, and this is where we're coming together to push for the joint research. You know, Roman, when he made this example, he used Ethereum as an example. So which makes me wonder, like, is Cardano originally natively based as an account model based or is it UTXO? And then if you are going to more of a UTXO based, how is this going to change Cardano or is it not doing anything with Cardano itself? Cardano always has been uh, UTXO based. Um, So we started for the ground up like years ago, uh, designing a proof of stake algorithm and uh, and a ledger that... uh, runs on a UTXO model inspired by, by Bitcoin and uh, bringing the smart contract layer on top of this. Um, we are, for example, uh, releasing uh, our native token uh, standard, which is uh, fully based on the UTXO model. Um, so, for example, if you were building uh, a token on Ethereum, you would like to, you would have to duplicate basically the ERC20 contract. You can actually make errors doing that. While you support natively on the UTXO uh, uh, standard, uh, the native to- token, you can actually, um, you can't actually make any errors. Uh, everything is enforced by the ledger. And so we, we ensure way more uh, security uh, by design. Roman Pellerin, CTO of IOHK, and Kevin Wong, researcher at Nervos. Thank you very much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to check back up with you guys in this partnership in the future. Thank you. Thanks. And in other news, celebrity Bitcoin scams may be coming from Russia. A global network of Bitcoin investment scams is using images of celebrities such as Chris Helmsworth to target Australians. After asking for an initial investment of $250, the scammers try to siphon as much money as they can out of their victims. However, don't be fooled by these websites. They could be disguised, like gardening websites or paint by numbers. I don't know what they're going to be disguised as, but they could be disguised. So you got to be very vigilant in what websites you choose to access. Pornhub is now only accepting cryptocurrency. MasterCard and Visa cut off Pornhub, declining payments from customers who wanted to subscribe to its premium adult entertainment. The move came in response to a searing New York Times story that showed instances of children engaged in sex and women being assaulted in videos. Pornhub changed its policies to clamp down on abuse and today said it's only accepting cryptocurrency as its default payment. This is where I get my two cents in here. First of all, damn it, 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 damn it. Pornhub, you can't control your site 
are you serious that this is being allowed on your site? That there's kitty porn and snuff films? And so you are so irresponsible at your site that Visa and MasterCard has to pull itself away because New York Times just well, probably what they did is just search your site and go, hey, this isn't cool. Maybe we should write an article about this. Well, we did. And everybody else is like, wow, this is not cool. Let's distance ourselves. You got to get your crap together. Get your site together. And well, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Second, you put Bitcoin in the mix. Cryptocurrency is already getting a bad rap. It's had FUD for 12 years. Money laundering and drug trafficking and whatever, all kinds of illegal things. And then, well, you just say, well, I'm only going to take Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for my child porn and snuff films. First of all, don't associate cryptocurrency and the hardworking people of this industry to prop up your irresponsibility with your website. But this isn't a nail in the coffin. This is another nail, another thing that we have to defend. This isn't good. This isn't like, oh, well, the porn industry now adopts cryptocurrency and they're always advanced on their tech and innovative. No, this is you guys being cut off, rightfully so, from payment services and because you can't control your crap. And now you're putting cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and all the hardworking people in this space into your irresponsibility. Not cool. Everybody, no more Pornhub. Cancel this. Cancel culture. This is, this is when cancel culture should ha- you know, have some effect. You don't want to cancel just everything and everybody for saying stupid things all the time. But sometimes you just got to cancel. And this one, cancel it. You don't need porn every, anyway. Why are you watching this stuff? Let me just say one more thing. Fine, you're watching it. But are you paying for it? You're really paying for it? Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on, man. 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 No, I'm serious. I'm being deadly earnest. No, I'm being deadly earnest. And now if you're spending your hard-earned, hard-hoddled Bitcoin for porn, y'all got some problems. I will put my BTC wallet address in the show notes. Instead of sending BTC to Pornhub, please send it to me so I can continue making this show. Thank you. And finally, the Bitcoin senator, the crypto-loving senator, or whatever people want to call her in Wyoming, hires... Crypto cowboy or Tyra Lindholm as part of her senior staff. Newly elected Wyoming Senator Cynthia Lumens just won the U.S. Senate seat, the first woman from Wyoming to do so. Both Lumens and Lindholm are big fans of Bitcoin. You know Wyoming has been making big pushes in this space. Now they're building a team of crypto enthusiasts. We got crypto in Washington. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew and Remember, if your name is... Floating 2020, Patrick 11, Stuart Hendry, or Jay Taylor Hendry, give me an email. Actually, two of you guys already did. I saw them. I saw those emails. I just didn't reply to you yet. So don't worry. I saw those. But they're still missing two people that won Binance.us hoodies. Please send me an email, Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co. And please go to Facebook, join our group, see the videos of all these interviews that I put out, and get the links to the show notes right there in our Facebook group. And you also can write at me and ask me questions, say what's up. I am more than happy to help and have conversations. Until tomorrow, happy hodling.